1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
2: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We are coming to you live here from Salem, New Hampshire, and we have super special guests here today. We are so excited about them. We have the McCanns with us, and they have a kick-ass YouTube um, channel, so we're super excited. But first, we are going to start with a quirky tip of the day. (coughs) And that quirky tip of the day, you guys, is check out their puppy series on their YouTube channel. We have this little baby puppy, this little baby Border Collie. To push it, it is some of the best information I've seen in dog training in a long time. So Kayla's been in dogs in Canada for her whole life. Ken got sucked into the whole thing. You guys, welcome. Thank you for coming. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you do and why you're here and why we're talking you up so much.
0: For sure, actually, you know, I'm, I'll jump in. I, in fact, Cale and I are uh, husband and wife, and um, I went to McCann Dogs. My uh, I had a, a wild child of a big black Labrador Retriever, two years old, and uh, she was just, you know, I, I wanted her to be my uh, my 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 go-to dog, and she. I really struggled with her. I went to my vet, and he said, "Listen, I can hardly even assess her. You need to go over to McCann Dogs." So just, <laughs> I was not. I did not want to go to dog training. I didn't. In fact, I, I called someone in uh, to do some in-home training. Didn't really work. <laughs> And, uh, so I eventually bit the bullet and I went to McCann dogs and it changed my life. It (laughs) truly did. It just gave me the dog that I, that I, I wanted to have. It allowed me to do more with her. So, uh, long story short, I was there all the time. Uh, they asked me if I wanted to do my apprenticeship. I became uh, an instructor after my, my apprenticeship. I met Kale. We were uh, the best of friends for uh, several years. And, uh, uh, and now we're married. So so just to sort of. So uh, you, you uh,
2: really got
1: looped in. You got got more than a well-trained dog out of that one <laughs>
2: <Yes>. I, <know. laughs> I was gonna first ask if uh, kale was tipping the staff to send the hot guys over to mccann dog no. training but it, wow. it seems to have it seems well i told you earlier you're on the small screen but from what i've seen on youtube ken you're you got it going on so tell us oh, okay. what is up and what is going on with dog training and puppies and everything else like explain to us how the puppy series began please because it's such a cool story with kale and yeah. it's not even a dog you guys have to live with <laughs>
3: Right. yeah it, it is a sort of a, a unique situation my um my brother is sort of the the least uh into dogs of our family and which is a bit strange because my whole family's into dogs um and he decided he he want a puppy and we all sort of panicked and went oh gosh I don't know how that's gonna work <laughs> um so we um we he offered to uh, take care of her and train her for the first, you know, six months of her life. And when we took her, we thought this would be such an awesome opportunity to actually film some everyday stuff and like walk people through what it actually looks like to have a puppy and we wanted to do something a little bit different than some of the other content we put out so um, we wanted people to get to know her we wanted to share like the successful stuff and also some of the challenges that we've been having with her as well so it's been really cool to kind of follow her journey and I think I think because she's been um, featured in so many uh, videos now people are kind of getting to know her a little bit more and so they're getting a little bit more invested in uh, in the series as it comes out. So I think it's just a great way to get puppy information out to people and then just provide like a, a great storyline. And um, it, I mean, anytime you have a cute puppy, it makes things absolutely. better. Yeah. <laughs> We're
2: going for views. Yeah, that must
1: be, that sounds like an expensive program, that six month program.
3: Yeah, <laughs> luckily, uh, luckily, he's related to, uh, yeah.
2: to the, dog the, the McCann the dog, dog training family that, yeah. that changed Ken's life. So the YouTube yeah. thing, you guys have a lot of followers, uh, you put out a ton of good content. When did that start? I mean, I know Kale has done uh, agility a lot. And uh, Ken, do you do agility, too?
0: I did. I used okay. to. Okay, And uh, Kale, and does your,
2: have- your dad does it? Somebody else does agility, I feel like.
3: Yeah, my uh, well, sort of everyone in my family has done agility at some point. My dad, uh, my dad did agility for quite a few years there. He doesn't really do it anymore. It's sort of just me holding down the fort now. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody sort of done it um, a, a little bit. Uh, but um, you did it as well until yeah. I stole your dog from That's you. That's right. And, yeah, it uh, yeah that, that didn't work out so well for Ken. But. So <laughs> when did the
2: YouTube thing come on the scene? Because Kale, you've been doing dogs at a world level for in agility for decades now. It seems.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I I was on my first world team um, at 19 years old. It was back in 2004, I suppose now. Um, And I've just been kind of going ever since. But the YouTube channel, um, Ken started it a little while ago, about 10 years ago, I would say. Um, And then, you know, it was sort of a bit slow to to get going. We were just sort of getting our feet wet. But uh, this (laughs) this guy has learned so much about YouTube and everything social media we've traveled you know to california every single year to educate herself on how to grow the youtube channel and whatnot and um he's video edited for years and years and years prior to this so it just just, sort of was a perfect storm and
0: just to jump in really quickly we started the youtube channel about 10 years ago um you know i work also as a a firefighter full-time and Mm -hmm. uh, for the fire department i was creating content it was doing live streams like uh, graduations and all those kinds of things so i really um had a basic understanding of of the video thing now when i became an instructor uh, at mccann's i thought this is incredible these dogs especially agility it's just remarkable and i know when I went to my first lesson, one seeing the family dogs doing agility was just such an exciting thing. So I thought, I need to document some of this. And and, um, as I started to do a little bit of that, I thought, you know, I made so many mistakes with my dog that brought me to McCann's, you know. It, it, it's just and really- to
2: Kale, most importantly, Ken. Oh, well, yeah, more <laughs> importantly
0: to Kale. But I made so many mistakes that wouldn't it be interesting if I could help people before they got to the point that I was at? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I started creating uh, videos and then we got to like a weekly series. And then about four or five years ago or so, we started to look at it really seriously. You know, we started to, uh, number one, have more fun with it and really be able to identify what are the challenges that the average dog owner has and what sort of pieces of simple Easy win information can we give people so they don't get into, you know, a, a more challenging training situation down the road or even a dangerous situation, you know, to put their dogs in jeopardy. Uh, so when it came to Euchre, this, our, our new puppy and our new puppy series, I, this, it was just perfect. You know, I, we can start from the ground up. And in fact, our first episode, we show going to pick up the puppy at um, the breeders. And uh, Euchre had never met Dan before. He had seen pictures of her We've online. we only
3: had all our... Uh, conversations with the breeder and stuff over Zoom because of because of yeah, yeah, I yeah seen any of the puppies really.
0: And and if you watch that uh episode that you'll see that we uh you know they slide the breeder slides open the, the glass door and all of the puppies are sort of hesitantly looking like who is this guy and dance down, you know, uh, you know, calling and, and all of a sudden Euchre comes bursting through the pack <laughs> and you couldn't I couldn't help but be emotional I <laughs> like <laughs> <the> <laughs> I I know,
3: was I like, like <laughs> I <laughs> was like please tell me you that on I, camera. I, I well at least it's genuine at least you're
2: telling us it's genuine emotion now <laughs> well sometimes you wonder I I didn't I didn't see that whole video I saw the training part but sometimes you wonder like are they faking it but you can tell that this is like a real moment here that you guys felt <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. it was so great so it was anyway amazing. it was a great start to the series and and then um you know uh weekly we're trying to uh, capture more things that the you know the average puppy owner might encounter uh, to help them to be successful with their puppy and have a better relationship because that's really what I think a lot of it boils down to you guys as dog trainers know you know the word relationship can be used uh, in a very light way but it can be a really powerful thing if you have the right relationship with your dog
3: i just want to add too. i think sometimes one of the um criticism that we get about our YouTube channel is that our the dogs that we use on the channel are so well trained they're so good yeah and we thought we thought like this is such a great opportunity for people to see that like we're we we do not get these magic dogs that all of a sudden <laughs> just listen well like mm-hmm. there's a lot of time and effort get out your of-
2: fairy dust and here it is you
3: sometimes, <laughs> you sometimes think like man um so we just thought here's such a great opportunity to kind of show like the real stuff and you know we've been pretty honest about some of the challenges that we've had with her I mean she's a pretty great puppy for sure but it was just a great opportunity to kind of show like everything um and I think it's a, a good way to show that it's it's not that we're using trained dogs to show things it's Mm -hmm. the training it's the training that works and it works very quickly because of how you set the puppy up to be successful if you know how to motivate them and you know how to build a relationship with them and you get them in the right mindset the training is actually really easy so that's really what we're trying to get across to people to like just start training sometimes people come with like a list of like you know, a million things that their dogs are doing wrong. And when you ask them a few simple questions about how they're spending their day with their dog or just simple things, you start to realize that it's really just a lack of leadership or management or relationship. And if they just change like two things, all of those yeah. other things that are like driving them crazy will start to move towards a, a better place. So we hope that that's sort of what's accomplished. With that's this what we're series, trying to but- do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, when you did the first video, you came home and I was like telling Scott about it. I'm like, oh my god, they th- there's this puppy video, and I fast forwarded through all the cute mushy stuff. So I got to go back and see that. But I was watching the training, and it was so practical and so good. And I'm like, honey, look, like the dog's in the kitchen, right where they live, and like, look, they covered the crate so the dog can't pull the blanket in, like all. All these little baby minuscule yeah. steps, even like, you know, how to prep for what's going to happen when the dog walks in, like dogs are all about prep. So if we're not putting the prep in like, yeah, you're going to have fallout. And the, Scott, the video you watched this morning with the handling and stuff, mm-hmm. you thought looked pretty good.
1: Look well, Great. Yeah. I mean, these are things that, that I talk about with clients all the time. And I also tell them about the downside of not doing that because quite often I don't get there till the dog is nine months or 18 months. And they can't clip the nails, they can't look in the ears, yeah. they can't handle the dog. And that's why they start medicating, because they can't handle the dog. Or,
2: or they can't do it themselves. And you know, you guys know, mm. it, it, with training dogs and your training facility, Like it would be nice if you can cut your dog's nails. And it's part of that relationship that you talk about and bring in. So if you start that young and conflict-free and just build it up, like you're going to get the good stuff. If you start good, it's going to continue good, you know?
3: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We really just want to try to get across, like, some of those things that I think um, a lot of, like, inexperienced pet owners just take for granted. Like, I think they just sort of think, okay, I have a dog and I clip its toenails and I brush its coat. (laughs) (laughs) like dogs just magically do that or or Mm -hmm. it just should be very easy but if they would just take a little bit of time to do some prevention work the dog's entire life would be different less stress less stress in the family less stress going to the vet yeah all of those things are just so important
0: and i think as a as a as a student when i began at mccann dogs you know i didn't appreciate these things so i'm quite empathetic to our viewers and to our students who come in and they Mm -hmm. don't understand the value of handling but i went through those struggles and I, I, I could recognize you know I recognize myself in a student when re- I was teaching a grade one class or whatever um, you know I'd see these people who are struggling and I'd say you know what I've been where you are I can appreciate how frustrating it is that your dog won't come in close enough to take their collar you know that they're not comfortable with you uh, handling a paw or whatever whatever the, the situation is so you know that's really allowed us to um, see the world through this th- this new dog owner's eyes through the student's eyes and that's been really helpful when it comes to you know ideation for for video and and, and audio content and all those kinds of things.
2: Yeah. And the thing is you want the dog to progress at a pace that's reasonable. You know what I mean? Like we have this puppy and Scott's so funny. He jokes that, uh, I called her, she, when she barks in the crate, she's saying, hold me, hold me. And then, like, if it's before bed, I'm like, all right, well, I want you to be up. And I'm raising this puppy, um, for my breeder as a favor just for a few months, similar to what you guys did, uh, with, you know, Kale's brother's puppy. And the thing is, is like, we don't have accidents in the house when we have puppies and like, we're not having a lot of fallout. And like the first time the puppies lose, it's controlled. So it doesn't play keep away. Like if we say keep away, we're like, Oh God, like we got to stop that. Or like Kale, that first video is talking about retreat. And it's sport dog stuff and pet dog stuff. But the thing is, is it's practical information that you can build from because building properly seems to be everything in dog training and why we have a lot of fallout and why we get a lot of calls when the dog's six or eight or 10 or whatever, you know, they, they want everything fixed, but there was a lot that went on before that point. So I think it's great. Yeah,
1: yeah I, and I think
0: I, you, you, Go ahead, Scott.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I have a client right now, <clears throat> excuse me, with a puppy and, With all the puppies that I, clients that come with puppies and young dogs, sorry about that, I am approaching it from a competitive off-leash obedience. I tell them it's the same amount of time as being half ass about it, but you may never want to have your dog to be off-leash, but if something happened and the leash dropped or the door opened and the dog went out, it's nice to be able to recall your dog or it doesn't, the picture doesn't change if the dog's walking beside you and the leash became disconnected, nothing is changing. And that's yeah. the key right there. And even if you, you say, oh, I don't need that, that's fine. But that should be, in my mind, the goal that we're working towards. Because even if you get close to it, but not off leash, you're still going to have a lot of nice work, you know? Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I, I love that way of thinking. And yeah. that that's, that. yeah, we're totally on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> We're always trying to like tell people that you should always have high expectations. You should always strive for something higher, better because dogs aren't machines. They don't get trained once and then they're good for their entire life. They require maintenance. They require follow through. You know, there's lots of times where you know you don't do as much with the dog and then like their recall gets a little bit slower or they start lying down a little bit slower mm-hmm. and the good dog trainers recognize those things and say okay i need to you know do a little bit more spruce <laughs> up but they yeah back on track the inexperienced people they don't recognize and then things sort of slowly get more unraveled and then it's just a harder job to get back but if they started with a higher expectation to begin with whether they were going to have a high level agility dog or whatever it might be whatever the goal is at the end of the day. Day, the better the dog is trained the better everybody's life is going to be because then for us it's a lot about like giving the dog freedom allowing the dog, yes. a, allow full, a, dog a full a full exactly. life
2: a full life yeah
3: you can't yeah allow them to be a dog if they don't have good control because otherwise like you're gonna have to keep them on leash forever or you're mm-hmm. worried that they're gonna call back or you're yelling at them all
2: the
1: or time or you, you gotta put them in the bathroom when friends come over <laughs> Because they jump on people. The, the yeah. world gets, gets smaller and smaller. That is
2: true. And restricting. People feel like, oh, I'm restricting the puppy and I want to give it everything. Well it's, it's a lot to have a puppy. We don't have puppies as young. Normally, if we're going to take dogs for training, the youngest is four months old. So, you know, there's stuff on the floor. You got to be conscious of everything. You got to be careful of everything, but if you're, yes, but if you're setting that up properly and you're focusing those sessions where you are interacting with the dog, where it's actually productive and you're learning something then it's more seamless. It seems better. I mean, she's sleeping through the night. We're doing 10 to six. She is good in the crate. Like, you know, you, you just have to get these dogs in a routine. So they're feeling well Stuff And I don't know, you mentioned this about, you know, changing things over time. I don't know if this is the case at your house, but we have multiple dogs and they have high drive. And like, we have to change things a lot, like not big things, things aren't blowing up, but like, oh, like, you know, that these two dogs, as they go through the door, it's looking a little much like I'm going to make sure this dog can sit while the dog passes through. Like, if you're not adjusting that temperature of your house is changing and no, that can no, get crazy. you're not
1: adjusting, the dogs are yes, anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I don't know, maybe it's just us, but we <laughs> feel like we're constantly like rotating just to keep the peace, keep things quiet. We have dogs at home now when we're podcasting, everything's quiet. Like it's, it's an adjustment, good dog training and good dog ownership. I feel like we're always adjusting and we're always assessing. And just because you put the time in doesn't mean now, Oh good. The dog will come for 12 years for a cookie. <laughs> like We're yeah. all set. Check.
1: I just yeah. want to say one, one problem, Kale, that maybe you could help me with is a lot of my clients that have puppies fall under the puppy spell. So they can't even, they're uncomfortable even restraining their dog the way you talked about holding them. And the dog is fighting a bit and you just got to wait until they relax and reward yeah. the calm. Well, they f- get upset that they're restraining this puppy that is so wonderful and needs to be free. Yeah. And so they tend to spoil the puppy, even getting good advice but then when the behavior is so unacceptable, then they're like, oh, now I have to bring down the hammer. When they never had to bring down a hammer in the first place, you know. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. It's, that's the hardest thing I deal with is the emotional part of people with their dogs in general. But puppies are even more difficult because they give the owner so much good feeling by yeah. doing all the wrong things. You yeah, know?
3: I mean – We I love my dogs more than anything in this world. Like they are wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying I was trying to
2: build them up and now look at
3: this.
1: (laughs) I'm in the same boat.
3: Yeah, yeah. I knew it going in. But at the end of the day, they're they're dogs. They're and they I need to do what's right for them and what what I think people need to realize, and, and I I know exactly what you're talking about, Scott, because a lot of people they um really humanize their puppies or they treat them like babies, and mm-hmm. um what, what I'm trying to get at is you know I hug and kiss and hold my dogs and they sleep in my bed and they're on the couch with me and ready. I put yeah. them first all <laughs> the time, yeah. but it's always after I've established
1: the all relationship, that I need,
3: yeah. You're in it for the long haul with your dog. You know, this isn't just a couple month relationship. You're mm-hmm. going to have them until they're 12, 13, 14, hopefully older. So the the time that you put in in the first year, maybe two years, I would say of, you know, back and forth stuff, mm-hmm. it sets the dog up for an entirely different thing. And what we try to do with with our students anyways, before we even get into here's how you discipline for this or here's like how you would hold the puppy, we try to paint a really clear picture about leadership and how things look from the dog's perspective, like how the dog feels about it. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, I think people are often really surprised that dogs tend to like the people in the house that are the most like a leader naturally <laughs> All they fall, the- tend to fall you know fall yeah. more in love with that person mm-hmm. so we try to just spin it around that like yes this is difficult emotionally to do but it actually is going to make your bond stronger and you know, our types of of leadership stuff is not very dramatic. We're not doing anything crazy to the dog.
1: but sure. we are.
2: Yeah. you're not you're you're not monks and new skating it over there or something. It's well, not, it's, we're not it, talking alpha alpha omega funny, stuff. it's yeah.
1: quite often. No, when I, I'll it's, come it's, back. Unfair. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll come back to a to do a second class in an in home. And the dog will run up to me all excited and they can't believe it. They're like, oh, I can't believe the dog likes you. You put so much control on the dog last time you were here. Yeah, that's what the dog is craving. The dog wants to.
2: Yeah, Yeah, they're thriving. And just like us, right? As people, they're thriving structure. So I want people to check out your series. And then we saw um, the sit down stand video of the puppy too. So there's Mm -hmm. like a full series that's like super edited and then some fun training stuff. But then there's an additional course also, correct? Because I've like already referred that out to a few people, but I know nothing about it. So tell me what that's like. Yeah.
3: So um, we have an online course um, called Puppy Essentials, and um, it's basically a full, full program to help set you up to have a, a puppy that's going to, you know, be a great family member. There's a lot of confidence building in it. It's a lot of about what we've talked about, about establishing leadership in a really non-confrontational way that allows, you know, the puppy to be respectful and listen, to like listening to you, um, relationship building, all the basic skills, but um, it, it's quite a a really unique program in the fact that it's online you have access to your video lessons and everything like I'm sure a lot of uh, online programs do but we really wanted to have that um, that connection with our students that we have for in-house so the support that we set up around the group is is quite intense we have um, group forums we have um, individual um, back and forth between the students so basically uh, 24 hours a day if they have a question about their puppy they can and get a hold of 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 one of us and we um we can help guide them because we know that not everybody's journey with their puppy is going to be exactly the same everybody needs slightly different information so you know the videos and stuff that we put out on our youtube not that it's cookie cutter we try to be um have as much variety as possible, but not every single thing is going to work for every single person and every single puppy. So yeah. having that added interaction with the instructors allows us to get uh, us to get to know that person, that puppy a little bit more, which means we can design our feedback a little bit more towards what that person needs, which I think is a really nice aspect of the program and uh, allows people to have a lot of success and also feel supported because having a puppy is hard. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, 100%. And like what you say about the support genetics are different. Like depending on the breed, depending on what's behind that breed, all of this stuff, like it makes a big difference. And we train like, Pet dogs with, I would say, low to medium drive for the most part, and right? And we get
1: a lot of rescues where they'll find a litter on the side of the road yeah. down in Mississippi that's maybe four weeks old, and yeah. they'll, they'll nurse it along, get it healthy, and then ship them out and send them up north, you know? And the and thing about the that, like... The genetics there are funny, and then they weren't with their mom long enough. There's a lot of stuff going on, you know?
2: And it's tricky because depending on the dog and the situation, and then all of a sudden, like... You're dealing with it. Like it's not your fault necessarily all the time. Scott and I are laughing about how freaking easy it is with this puppy. Like literally, right now, like she was in the bathroom. He like goes in, he can brush his teeth. She just chews on her chew. Like, we leave, she doesn't bark. Like, we're joking about how simple it is because all the behavioral stuff we're trying to head off. Yeah. You know to, what I mean?
1: To be a little yeah. obnoxious. I sit on the toilet and videotape the puppy <laughs> ignoring me because yeah. it these We're to- so proud. <laughs> Well, this is what we're going for with the clients. Yeah, like, we just,
2: you just want that, that very clear um, bond that the dog is autonomous. And you like Cale said, you love the dog. Scott said to me a few years ago, and it was so funny. He goes, you know, I think the difference is dogs used to be the periphery of our universe, and now they're the center of our universe. And I looked at him, and I said, the dog's in my freaking center of my universe. And that's why he laughed about, you know, where Ken stands. And it's yeah. true. But if my dog does something that is inappropriate, just like a child, like there will be a consequence where the dog now needs to be crated, or the dog now needs to be removed from that situation, or maybe the dog can't play with that friend until it can recall. So I hear what you're saying and I totally agree. Do you guys have any new fun stuff coming up? I know that there's been a lot going on with COVID and you have in-person stuff and agility. Do you guys have anything new that you're offering?
3: Yeah, um, we, uh, we actually, um, a older. I'm starting, sure, sure. Uh, a, a new podcast actually. Which Ooh, is exciting. Here. I'm, I'm feeling,
2: on. I'm feeling like you're competing with us now, Kale. We shouldn't have had you on if that was
3: the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can have a little, uh, before <laughs> <support, laughs> and you guys can, yeah, have. Have, my podcast is going to be uh, specifically about uh, agility training and how dog training relates to that. Um, and I'm going to be doing it with my co-instructor uh, Jamie Moreau. We've been teaching together for like probably 20 years. Cool. And um, it started because we often, you know, teach for hours at seminars or after classes, and then we you know everybody goes home and then somehow we always end up at the arena until like one o'clock in the morning (laughs) talking about this and talking about that we come up with all these great ideas and I we just said to each other one night like god we need to do a podcast because there's so much good information here and nobody can hear it because we're so um yeah we're gonna do some basic topics but we're gonna do some deep dive in like hot topics as well. Like we have some pretty strong opinions about like instructor hopping and running contacts and building drive with dogs that lack confidence and things like that. So I'm stoked. I think it's going to be really fun and I'm looking forward to it.
2: I think it's very important because we were just discussing this actually yesterday. Like you have the sport dog world and the pet dog world, just because it's a sport dog or is competing in a sport, it doesn't necessarily mean that it even is as well behaved as a pet dog necessarily. And oh, I this,
0: love it. I love it. I love where your head is at. I'm with I mean, you. Uh, I but wanted I wanted to mention that earlier when we were talking about having a well-rounded dog, you know, uh-huh. we're talking about all of these, you know, short exercises that you want to do with your puppy and with your dog that just sort of gives them a better uh, understanding of of confidence and and relationship building and all those things. And whether you have a dog that you want strictly to be an agility dog or a flyball dog, I mean, Kale's a 20 time world champion and dog agility and it because it's all started from the ground up with good Mm -hmm. obedience training Mm -hmm. good listening skills good relationship Mm -hmm. no matter what your aspirations are with your dog if you give them the right foundation you'll have a a a great foundation to build on you know go as high as you want the sky's the limit because Mm -hmm. you have a solid dog that you can start with
2: yeah yeah and the thing about that too is if you're setting your dog up for that. The dog has more control. The dog has more freedom, just like you said. And your performance may actually become enhanced if you fix your control at home. And people don't always necessarily recognize that. But like, if you're having a lot of fallout now for agility, for instance, your start line is always broken. Like, has something changed at home? Did you stop using your crate in the last two months? Is the dog not coming anymore when you call it? Like, what is changed? Did someone else move into the house? It's funny. Like, Scott and I had like a no tolerance policy about visitors going in our dog room when we had our facility because like even that, even someone just walking in and walking out, the energy of that room changes. If I have 20 dogs in there that I'm there, that I'm the only one dealing with, that I'm training, like I want them to feel safe and calm and there's diffusers and there's music. And if someone's going to walk in and change that for me, that's tricky. You know what I mean? So all of these things you need to think of, and it seems so far-fetched and crazy, but it ties it together. And if you want the blue ribbon, go do the extra work behind the scenes. So I think it's yeah. going to be awesome. And we had Sarah and Esteban on with Bad Dog Agility, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot different than that. So even listeners from Bad Dog Agility can head over there and get a lot of extra yeah, stuff.
3: I think that'll be a uh, it'll be a good compliment. Ours is going to be more about like listening in on like a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then learning, learning some stuff along the way. We have lots of experience with working with many different types of people and, and dogs. I've worked with pet people and, you know, I'm, the coach of the team of team Canada right now. So I'm used to working with lots of people, but it's kind of like what you said. I don't, I don't really care if you're a world team member or whether you just came off the street, it's about the basics. Yeah. And if you don't understand that, want to put the work into that first, you're not going to reach any goal that you have, whatever that might be. So we're just excited to bring that parallel between dog training and sport and obviously our niche is agility. So that's where it will be focused. But um, I think hopefully more people will get bored on with that type of thinking.
2: I'm excited about the whole thing. It sounds good. Do I have time to give a quick agility story? Oh, I would love agility stories. She a, wants to play with a pig. <SSR> I bored had a Malinois
1: about 20 years ago that I was doing protection <laughs> sports with. She's like, you guys with. stink. And uh, so I was getting a really good bite foundation on this puppy. And when he got to be about nine months, I wanted to expand his training and his world. So I joined a local agility class. And I told the instructor, I need this dog to work at about 70% of its maximum drive because he's too drivey. And I knew nothing about agility. And she <offensive dart noise> laughed and said, oh, no, we want every drop of that drive, going right into these exercises and doing them the right way. And I learned a lot from that agility class as far as teaching a dog some self-control through just removing it from situations that rather than having to correct it all the time for something it doesn't even understand what you want, you know, things like that. And it was a, it was a fun, it was really a fun uh, experience. And yeah. I, I did it several, you know, quite a few Times well in this well, situation.
0: I, 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 Go ahead, what, Ken. A great, what a great opportunity to expose like some of your yes, uh,
1: weaknesses you know, in the dog for sure.
0: Well, <laughs> and your timing. You work oh, yeah. contacts. I mean, that's where I thought, man, my timing is not as good as I thought <clears throat> when you're working contacts and you're just not quite there, or you're releasing the dog just a little bit too early on motion, or something. There's this little thing. Um, you're so self-aware, and it sort of gives you some insight into you. How can I be a better trainer for yeah. all dogs, not, sure. not only this one? Yeah, yeah, and
2: even that, like we talk about that. And I would say even Saying that you always want the dog to go as fast as it can or always in drive, like maybe some agility instructors say that, but maybe that isn't the best thing depending on the dog. You know what I mean? Like if you have a super high drive border collie, that dog walk may look kind of like, eh, not great, but you're working the end of it. You're building up the end of it and everything else. You don't just want as fast. Like this doesn't happen where you taught the dog once and now it has a quick dog walk and it's over. Like this is like a whole process here. So it's important Uh, to think about. When
1: when my dog first saw the tunnel in the agility (laughs) class, they didn't have it called shrunk down. It was about maybe six or eight feet long. And he ran and did a long jump right over the top of it. (laughs) He thought it was... He, he expected <laughs> me to throw the, the toy. Thing. That's
2: crazy. Like you, you want to, you want to get the pet dog stuff going on and you want to get that dialed in and you want to get the right information out there. So I think that you guys are doing a huge justice um, to the dog world and we just really appreciate it because we just want to give people good information. People need information. They need help. And they we, need good information. We are bleeding. Yeah, that's true. There's they need good of, information. There's
1: a lot of stuff out there that she was, really helping people. She was
2: so bored with us when we were just holding her. This was the most boring <laughs> part of our week. Is there anything else we're missing or, that you want our listeners or viewers to know, and we're going to put in links of how to find the YouTube um, puppy stuff and everything else, but anything else you want to tell people?
0: Yeah, I don't think. I mean, we have uh, currently we're uh, offering, we're back up and running because of uh, being out, if everyone's out of quarantine, but we do have our online programs no matter where you're in the world. I think we have 44 countries represented um, uh, from all over the world. People are doing our puppy essentials, our life skills for dogs five months or older, and we're just about to launch a McGenius program for graduates of life skills. It's launched. Oh, it's launched? Yeah. Great. So we're up and running with a McGenius. So I'm excited about Great. that. We also have a um, reliable retrieves program for retrieving specific stuff. We have uh, five time world. Ed- Dog champion Carol Lawrence is our instructor for that, so we're excited right. to have her uh, working on that. And every second Thursday, this Thursday uh, coming up, uh, but every second Thursday on our YouTube channel, we do a train station. So we have uh, people join us live. We answer your questions. Uh, we we have a lot of fun. Uh, it we, gets very ridiculous. It gets pretty ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> oh
2: good. good, we'll be there on Thursdays. You just wait. Uh, we're we're gonna uh, get it quirky. Well, we uh, want people to check out the series, and whether you guys have a puppy or not, there's so much available to you to work with the McCanns. And I, we are really, we're very intentional with who we have on the podcast, and that we stand behind what they say and who they are. And we stand behind what Kale and Ken are doing and what they say. And other people in the dog world are standing behind them too because we want to get the right information out there. So thank you guys for what you're doing. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, and. See Kale and Ken right on YouTube yeah, every day. We're every day. St- as, soon as, they open up,
1: as soon as Canada opens up to the US word. <laughs> driving north. right up. <laughs> yeah. No,
3: yeah. Come visit, us. yeah. Come visit us.
1: Definitely. Definitely. <laughs>
2: All right, guys. Nice to meet you for sure. Thanks so much and keep it quirky. Thanks for coming. Oh, the puppy wants the pig back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you happy? <laughs>